Today we begin a short series on the subject of homosexuality. Probably uh, there is no subject that has been in the news more than this subject of homosexuality. I suppose everybody has his uh, viewpoints and his ideas, but we don't really care very much about uh, what men are saying about this question. I think we better take a look and at the Word of God to see what God says about the matter. And so that's what we're going to do now for uh, two or three uh, broadcasts. And so if you're interested, if you uh, would like to know something about this matter, even though we can't discuss it in, in any real depth on these brief broadcasts, we're going to take a, a hard look at it and see if we can't lay down some clear-cut biblical principles that may help you to understand this matter and perhaps even to help somebody else who's involved in it. Or perhaps you yourself are involved in, the, in homosexuality and would like to do something about it. Today, we want to understand just what homosexuality is. According to the scriptures, we have a very clear-cut picture of homosexuality. According to the scriptures, it is a sin. That's the most important fact to keep in mind. Now, don't turn it off, any of you who might be involved in homosexuality, when you've heard that. Uh, you might think, I'm just going to stand here and make all kinds of accusations and uh, start tearing you apart and, and uh, tearing you up one side and down the other and that kind of thing. That's not the point at all. Just hang in there a minute, and you'll see what I'm getting at when I say that it's a sin. The point that I'm trying to make is that because it's a sin, there is hope all the hope that there is in Jesus Christ who came to deal with sin. There's hope for homosexuality to be gone, uh, to be forgiven, and not only to be forgiven, but to get rid of this practice in your life. Some people are wrongly deceiving others by telling them that homosexuality is something that their parents, perhaps their mother, an over-dominant uh, mother in the home, has done to them. And so they're stuck with it because from childhood they've been trained in the wrong way and now their whole uh, pattern of life has been so uh, altered or so uh, dominated by this wrong training that they'll never get out of this uh, pattern. Nothing could be farther from the truth according to the scriptures. Others say that... Uh, Homosexuality is a matter of genes, a matter of uh, uh, the way you were born. Now, there's no question that some people have genes that give them more feminine characteristics and uh, others more masculine characteristics, but uh, that does not stick a person with the kind of uh, uh, sexual life that he in is involved in, regardless of those characteristics. According to the Word of God, homosexuality is a sin. And all sins can be dealt with. That's the point that I want to get across. Jesus Christ came not only to forgive sins, but he came to cleanse us of those sins. He came to take those sins out of our lives. He came to transform us and make us new people who no longer had to go on in the same old ways in which we did uh, live and did behave before we were saved. Let me read for you from 1 Corinthians 6 these very hopeful words. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Don't you know that the unrighteous, now notice all these uh, various characteristics he's going to label in the next verse, are uh, called unrighteousness or sins. Don't you know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now get this next verse, verse 11. Such were, past tense, past and gone is what that word means, such were some of you, but no longer, in other words. 
Now he goes on to say, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. He is saying that a person can be a homosexual and be forgiven, made clean, just before God as though he had never engaged in this sin. And he can be sanctified and washed, that is, set apart from this sin and set apart to a new way of life, as the word sanctified means. There is hope for the homosexual, and that's what we've got to say. There's all the hope that there is in Jesus Christ. Christ came to die for sins, that we might have them forgiven and that he might help us to overcome them. But he did not come to die for our genes. If it's a matter of genetics, then you're, there is no hope. If it's a matter of what your parents did to you, you can't get your parents to go back and redo it. So there's no hope there either. But if it's a matter of, of sin, of a sin, as the Bible says it is, then there's a lot of hope. And that's the first step in the transformation of a homosexual's activity. He must come to see that this is a sin against God. Now, a sin is not something that we, of course, are happy with. Listen, listen to how God speaks about this sin. Over in the first chapter of Romans, here's what he says, beginning at verse 21. Even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Notice now, it's darkening of the heart that's behind this. It's fool, foolish activity that uh, this is labeled as being. And they exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore, because people worshipped uh, the creature and worshipped his creation rather than the creator himself, God says, therefore, verse 24, God gave them over in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, calls this lust and impurity, that their bodies might be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. <clears throat> this is a lie. They worship the, and serve the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. Here's how he describes homosexuality. For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. No, it's not one's nature that leads him into homosexuality. It's not a matter of his genes, the nature with which a man is born. But this is against nature, literally, is what the Greek says. It is what is against his genetic uh, situation. And in the same way also the men abandon the natural function of the woman, burned in their desire toward one another, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. So again, it is stressed that this is not the natural function, but this is against one's natural function. It's, it, we read about uh, it, this as an indecent act or, act or a shameless deed, literally, and uh, that this is an error. And then he goes on to say, just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, malice full of envy, murder, uh, strife, deceit, malice, and gossip, and so on. And then he says at the end, although they know the ordinance of God that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do them, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. And of course that really describes the homosexual community as a tight-knit, woven-together kind of society that encourages one another in these very practices that God condemns. Now, I'm not, as I said, just simply throwing stones here today, not just talking about the fact that it's a sin and uh, condemning people. 
But the very fact that it is a sin, and it's not genetic, it's against nature, and it is not something your parents did to you, but it's a way of life that you yourself have adopted for whatever reasons and can change by the grace of God is what gives hope. Sin can be dealt with. Genes, Jesus didn't die to change our genes on the cross, but he did die to deal with our sins. And that's where the great hope of all this comes from. Lord, we're thankful today that you have dealt with sin on the cross and not left us in such ways to our own uh, futility for Christ's sake. Amen.